Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. Fifteen minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will empty. Good morning, Edwin. Good morning, brother. How are you doing today? Fantastic. I feel the same way. It's a great time to be together and look at God's Word. We're in the Psalms, aren't we? Still in the Psalms. <laughs> I think this is going to be our modus operandi for at least another a season of psalms <laughs> a season of psalms psalm 16 and today i am going to read from the english standard version preserve me o god for in you i take refuge i say to the lord you are my lord i have no good apart from you as for the saints in the land they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight The sorrows of those who run after another god shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. What a great mictum of David. That's, that's what I was thinking. The whole time I was reading it, I said, what a mictum. What a mictum. <laughs> <laughs> What's a mictum? Uh, you know, it's one of these ones that David wrote, and it's collected in the Psalms. <laughs> uh, a meditation, right? A meditation. I, my, my Bible has a footnote that says, probably a musical or liturgical term. <laughs> exactly. Probably. Yeah, probably. Probably. I have probably. no idea. I have no idea. So let's talk about something else, because I have no idea what a mictum is. Is what I tell you. What I do. I see just wanted you to know I was reading along. You were reading along. You were reading <laughs> along. What I do see, though, and this psalm is one of my favorites. I love this psalm, and we have so many psalms that struggle. How could they say that? This is the psalm that is just basically everything I want a psalm to be. I feel good about it. I don't have any concerns. Now, not that I don't have questions. There are some things in here that I, that I think challenge us and and cause some discussion. And I'm I'm fine with all of that. But I I love having the psalm that is just straight up. Lord, you're with me. I love you. It's going to be wonderful. Obviously, there is a little bit of this. Something is going on. I, I understand that. But there's no right. there's no despair yeah, around we're it. The, we're, we're not in the depths of despair. We're in the snapshot of faith. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really good to point out that we do spend a lot of times in the Psalms with uh, the snapshot of doubt, Mm -hmm. depression, despair. And it can lead us to believe that the saint life, the disciple life is one of just constant doubt and despair and depression and discouragement. This Psalm reminds us that's not true. Mm -hmm. That's not true. Even when we have enemies coming at us, even when we need God's preservation. There are times when we really are on the mountaintop. The faith is strong. We know God is with us. We know where we're going. And and this is yeah. one of those psalms that represents that, and I really, really appreciate that. It demonstrates a growth. It demonstrates a spiritual maturity. 
And uh, you see in this, as you were sharing with me, really a, a uh, description of spiritual maturity. Oh, yeah. In fact, it's subtle. Yeah. It, it was easy for me to miss it a long time reading Psalm 16. But in verse 2, I think there is this summation, this one sentence description that shows the goal of Christian maturity, the goal okay. of discipleship maturity. I say to the Lord, mm-hmm. you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that that concept of God being all the good, mm-hmm. of every good coming from God, all, all that together, I think, is the goal of our maturity. When I can say, along with David right here, I have no good apart from you, that's that's maturity. That's That's where I'm supposed to be getting. I think that's what Jesus demonstrated. Jesus demonstrated that God was the ultimate good, and, and so everything else would be sacrificed. That's what Paul demonstrated when he, when he pointed out yeah. that he gave up everything, that everything in his life was lost for the surpassing glory of knowing the knowing Lord Christ. Jesus. It's, yeah. Everything is good. Well, hey, let's break this down a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. When we talk about being in a picture of spiritual maturity and the connection to this goodness, so the spiritually mature know every good we have comes from God. I think that's very important in this idea that, that when I look around at what is good mm-hmm. in my life, I understand that every good gift comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Okay. And so I, I recognize that when I when I eat today, mm-hmm. where'd that come from? Mm-hmm. Came from God. He when, gave us our daily bread. When I breathe today, where did that mm-hmm. come from? Every gift is a, excuse me, every breath is a gift of God. He's given us another moment. I'm married Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so I go home to my wife. Yeah. He who Ooh. finds a wife finds a good thing, right? That's exactly right. And favor find, from the Lord. Exactly. Favor from the Lord. Yeah. And so that recognition. Was, it, was today Marita's birthday? I forget. <laughs> no, it's not when today. When does this air? <laughs> <laughs> We're still a long way from her oh, birthday. Okay. But, right. but, okay. I, but because I will probably forget on that day. Happy birthday, hon. <laughs> no, so, but it's true. That's what the proverb, I mean, that's the wisdom of God. A wife is favor from the Lord. It's good come from God. Everything that I have that is good has come from God, which of course means that every good thing I have, I need to give thanks for it. I was going to say, so that, in, uh, excuse me, educates, influences our thanksgiving, our yeah. appreciation yeah. of what we have in our life. Absolutely. Absolutely. should be overrun with thanksgiving. But that leads to a second kind of parallel principle mm-hmm. or complementary principle. One of the things I want to point out is that the spiritually mature know everything from God is good. All right. So even as I was looking at that before we started, I wondered, is is this just a nuanced difference from what we just said? Um, what, what, what's the difference in knowing that everything from God is good versus every good thing comes from God? Okay, so knowing that every good thing I have comes from God is very natural for me. I look around and I see, oh, I get to eat today. I like that. That's okay. good. Okay. I get to breathe today. I like that. That's good. I have a wife. I like that. That's good. Okay. I have children. I like that. That's good. What this second principle demonstrates is that sometimes I receive things from God that aren't obviously and apparently to me good, Mm -hmm. and I have to remember they are good. So when 
Someone has to pray three times for a thorn in the flesh to be removed, and God has to respond, my grace is sufficient for you. The really powerful thing that Paul learned there was that the thorn itself was a good thing. Though Satan was using it as a to tempt him, to try him, to get him to turn away from God, it was actually a great blessing. Now, it didn't seem good as he was going through it. In fact, he, he disliked it so much, he prayed three times that God would take it away. Okay. But what he had to realize is it was good. And so... So it was good because he could see the grace of God in that moment, that God's grace was sustaining him through it? Okay, it was good not because he could see it. It was good because what you just described is what it was. Whether he could see it or not, and I think that's sometimes the issue. Mm. There, there, there may be something that I'm dealing with that I... I cannot even fathom why it's good. I can't see God's end in it. What I have to do is trust. God's grace is sufficient for me. If I'm walking with God and I'm going through whatever this thing is, even if I can't see how it's sustaining me, even if I can't see the grace behind it, I can have faith that it is there. Yeah, that's that's what I thought, that we, we have situations or circumstances where we feel like or we think God has left us, God has forsaken us. But he's not. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Yeah. So I, just, just going back to the question you asked a minute ago, I want to make sure I get the distinction here that it's not good because I can figure out what's good about it. It's good because, well, what God gives me is good. Okay. And sometimes we know this. If, uh, if a son asks for bread, mm-hmm. the good father is not going to give him a stone. Right. If the, son, give him a serpent. if the son asks for fish, he's not going to give him a serpent. Yeah. What, but what I have to realize sometimes is I'm actually asking for the serpent and the stone, and I don't realize it. And God gives me mm-hmm. the bread and the fish, but sometimes the bread and the fish feels like being thrown in the fire of the crucible. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's everything that comes from God is good. Hey, so here's the third one. We're looking at the, I guess, the other side of the coin. We've talked about some good things. And then a third mark of spiritual maturity is knowing anything apart from God is not good. So now we start to talk about what's not good. Yeah. So I really love this this idea of the maturity. I see that everything God gives me is good. Everything that is good is from God. But sometimes I'm tempted. And sure. I, I see these things over here that appear good. And, and isn't it like the people that come into your office and say, but God wants me to be happy, so I'm leaving my spouse? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the way that the tempter works. I go back to the Garden of Eden. I think about how he's talking to Eve and enticing her. Oh, the day you eat of this fruit, you will not surely die. The day you eat of this fruit, you'll be wise like God. Anytime I have to step away from God to pursue something, no matter how pleasant and pleasing it is, it is not good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're right to, to point out people will come into the office and they'll, you know, want to counsel, have a spiritual question. But as you discuss and then and they begin to open up, you realize they're really trying to, someone in this room is trying to find a way to justify or get around what the Bible clearly says about something because they want to go pursue a path apart from God, apart from God's word. Mm-hmm. How do we make this right? Well, you can't. You're leaving God. (laughs) Well, what you just said there, I think, hits the fourth key of spiritual maturity that I see from this statement. You you said that that if the person is pursuing a path apart from God, Mm -hmm. I think the fourth level of maturity that I see in this is the spiritually mature recognize the good is actually in the giver, not in the gift. Oh, wow. 
So not just about the blessings of God, but God himself. Absolutely. You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. Mm. So so the good that I have from breathing is actually my relationship with God. The, the, it's I'm not pursuing breath. I'm not pursuing food. I'm not pursuing marriage. I'm not pursuing money and financial blessing. I'm pursuing God. God will give blessings as he sees fit, as mm-hmm. helps me grow, as helps me be a servant to others. But the real blessing is having God himself. There's nothing in heaven that I want besides you. There's nothing on earth that I want besides you. That's, And I think that's the key, yeah. that, that what I really want. I'm not a gold digger. I'm not, I'm not in a relationship with God so I can get lots and lots of money and lots and lots of stuff. I'm in a relationship with God. So I can get God. I think that's fantastic. That God is not good because he gives good things. God is good because he is good. Because he is good. Yeah, yeah. So then a fifth and final one, mark of maturity that we're learning from Psalm 16 and verse 2, is that the spiritually mature desire or long for God's eternal presence more than God's eternal treasures. So this is really building off of that idea that it's not about the gifts. It's about God himself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is where we often go when we talk about some of the songs that make us dream of heaven. I'm not looking forward you to heaven. when you sing to me of heaven? <laughs> when I do that, yes. And you I'm... fondly dream? <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What I'm looking forward to in heaven is not mansions and gold and silver and servants and Rolls Royce and streets of gold and all of that, what I'm looking forward to is God. Yeah. What makes heaven great is not that I finally get to learn how the other half live. It's that I finally get to be with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And I admit, this is not just from verse 2. This ties together with the very end of the psalm. You make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so I'm not His looking forward. His presence in heaven. Yes. There's the fullness of joy. I am not looking forward to an eternity in a mansion. That's what makes heaven great. I'm looking forward to the eternal presence of God. And that is the spiritual maturity. I love it. I love it. What great lessons. What great uh, food for the soul here this morning, looking at Psalm 16, and particularly drilling down in verse 2. We're going to be having great conversations about this psalm all week long. We hope that you'll uh, join us for each one. We'd love to hear what you're reading, what you're learning from the Word of God. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Edwin, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Holy God, you are good. Help us, Lord, to see your goodness, to long for it and only it. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us first. Through your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well,